2: test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family
0: no purchase necessary vgw group void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's odds and end zones a podcast feature of milehighreport.com from props to parlays to totals and spreads it's time to sweat it out here are your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati.
1: Ian, as we sit here getting ready to record—actually, we're recording now—we are less than two weeks away from the start of the 2022 NFL season, and uh, it is shaping up to be a fun season. I think that after last year, I was just thinking about this. After last year, the first year where I was, you know, you know, starting to look at betting and, and sports betting and things like that. Uh, for myself, because I I was a novice for sure last year, and I'll just continue to be that this year. Uh, I'm excited to go into this season with the idea that I'm going to be doing a little bit more with this sort of sports betting, looking at you know the different options for teams and players and things like that than I did last year, than than I did uh, in in previous seasons. So this is kind of fun for me here on on our our new show here, Broncos Odds and Ints. And I think that's
2: going to be the case for a lot of fans of multiple teams. Now that sports betting is being legalized across the country in Ohio, it's going to launch on January 1st of 2023. Kansas is going to have it on September 1st. So fans there will be able to bet on Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs. So more and more as states start to realize it's happening anyway, Let's legalize it and have the state benefit from it. That's going to be the case for football fans. And I think one thing that is not talked about enough amongst the the betting industry is there's going to be an influx of fantasy players who realize, I've been doing all this research for my fantasy team. Why don't I do it? for betting and start betting props on the people and the teams and the players that I've been researching. So there's going to be an influx of fantasy players when they start seeing I've done this research. Now I can make money in a more immediate fashion, as opposed to waiting for, for the end of your fantasy season. So that's something that's going to be at play here. So, you're, you
1: know, you're, 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 you're actually talking about a buddy of mine. So I have you a know, fantasy football league that I have been a part of for 15 years. And this year we almost didn't put it back together. And that's because uh, a, a few of us and myself included kind of looked at it and thought, I think I'd rather focus on sports betting. I'm already, you know, I was doing the daily fantasy before, which is similar To the props and all of that stuff, and now it's it's the immediate payout. I think is is the big thing that we talked about. My buddy and I, who were in this league together, and we're we're still in the league. We ended up putting it back together, and we we got something going, and so that's fine. But there is a certain amount of of shift, I think, that's happening in the sports world, especially with football. I don't think it happens in Major League Baseball. I don't think you're going to see it with basketball. I don't believe you'll see it with hockey. But football, because it's a week-to-week sport, because it's something where you can sit down and you can really focus on what happened last week and what's going to happen this week and, and how is that going to affect the team in the future weeks, that pushes people towards wanting to get that payout each week versus, uh, you know, I- I'm going to play this for the long haul and see what happens at the end of the season. It's fascinating the way that that sort of works out. Although payouts to me are funny because I – I, I don't know how anybody else does it. I have a tendency to just leave the money in the account. Like I've never withdrawn any money from any of my accounts because it's just in there. I just have it.
2: Well, and, and this is something that I need to mention. Regardless of the state that you're in, you'll have to file taxes regardless of the amount that you bet and the amount that you win, whether it's wins or losses. And you can go I, – I manage all kinds of play sites, so playinwide.com. Uh, play, play Illinois.com, where you're stationed. Um, play Virginia.com. We have playcolorado.com, playindiana.com. We have the info that you need so you know what you need to do on that front. So I, I will put that out there right now. It can be very confusing. We won't talk about it right now because most people don't care. But yeah, I mean, more and more, I, I, I do multiple betting shows over the course of. of the week and the one thing that you're going to see because of this influx of fantasy players is you're going to see props overtake spread 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 in total when it comes to betting and the one thing that i will say to listeners right now sports books don't put a focus on props because they don't see it as a way to make money right now and it's the way of the future so if you do your research and we talked about this last week and finding value, if you find the value, you're going to be able to succeed on it. If you do your research, this is where you can beat the book.
1: And and you, you bring up a really good point. And we'll go through this as we talk about some of the bets that we like and some of the things that we're looking at. And obviously our focus is the Broncos and, you know, Broncos odds and end zones. I mean, that's, that's the whole point, but Finding value, whether you're focused just on your favorite team, the Denver Broncos or other teams or uh, the division or the conference or, or whatever, the, the goal here is to find value. The goal is to find a way to put your money in and get a nice return back. We're not just playing to throw our money away. And I, I know that for some for some people, myself included, it's not big money right you're, you're just playing and you're keeping it low and, and you're just having a good time uh, other people might take it a little more seriously and I, and that's great and this is where we say always gamble within your limit and be smart about what you're doing and, and and don't go overboard and whatever the the legal things are that we have to remember to say smart smart betting not not crazy betting right bet with your head not over it that's right and 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 also try not to bet with your heart although it's hard for us to say that as we sit here and talk about the things that we would do uh, betting the broncos and that's where it's important to separate it like you you're
2: a fan but you you need to and have to be able to separate it so that you don't have that bias and you're not betting with your heart you're betting with your head and i i said this last week listen to your gut listen to your gut and listen to your first gut instinct, because after that you're going to start having doubt creep in. Listen to your first
1: gut instinct because it's usually right. So it's the old uh, multiple choice test sort of trope where you know if, if that's the, the the answer you thought it was at the first time you looked at it, go with that. Because once you start second guessing yourself, you'll never find the answer. So uh, that's a, that's a really good way to look at it. But you brought something up before we started recording that I was. Uh, interested in, and I thought it was kind of uh, a fun thing to look at. And you mentioned the record record breakers market, uh, and I hadn't even seen that yet. I hadn't really, you know, dug too far into it. So, kind of talk a little bit about that because I think that could be a fun place for people to put some money. That is that long term money, right? That's the those are the ones where you're going to throw a bet down and you're going to hope that you see a return on it at the end of the season. You're gonna you're gonna hope for that money to come back to you uh, in the long run, so to speak. Well, now I have to find it on (laughs) the various
2: DraftKings tabs that I have open because going forward, as we've said last week, that's going to be the sportsbook that we use for this since SB Nation and Mile High Report uh, have a deal with DraftKings. So let's see if I – go ahead and keep talking. I want to see if I can find this.
1: So the idea behind the record-breakers market, and I'll just kind of explain it, is – you're betting on on players to break records and not just a specific player, but it sounds like uh, it is just someone right so most receiving yards, most passing yards, most touchdowns in a season and what you're putting a, a bet on is will somebody break a record uh, in 2022 so if uh, if you think for example, uh, you know Russell Wilson is going to throw for the most passing yards in the history of the NFL and you want to put a bet on that, it doesn't have to be Russell Wilson who does it, but if you've got a good feeling about a quarterback going out and doing that, and I, I gotta tell you, when I talk about it, I do think to myself, there's a lot of passing, you know, a lot of passing offenses out there. It could happen. You might throw a bet on that. Maybe you think uh, you know, a Derrick Henry is out there with that extra game, right? 17 games in a season, and he has a, an opportunity to go out and break the single season rushing record. And knowing that. It doesn't only rely on Derrick Henry to do that, but you could pick uh, any, you know, it's going to be any player to, to break those records. That right there makes may entice you to put a bet on some of those uh, as a futures bet, if you will.
2: So I finally found the market. and It lists basically passing touchdowns, passing yardage, receiving yardage, regular season rushing yardage and rushing touchdowns. Actually, it's most TD scored in the regular season, regardless of position. Oh, okay. I like that, actually. So the one that I like, and you mentioned this with the rushing yardage, so it has most rushing yards in the regular season. So that person would have to go over 2,105.5 rushing yards. The yes is plus 900. And I think there's two players who you could consider in this market. And that's Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry, especially if Derrick Henry can stay healthy. Derrick Henry is going to be a guy who is going to get a, a lot of rushing yards. So that's something to consider. And you mentioned passing while I don't think it'll happen there's a the market for most receiving yards in a season. Cooper Cup is the best receiver in football. Now the thing yeah, that might probably. hold him back is they have Allen Robinson is now with the Rams. Van Jefferson is still there. When Odell Beckham comes back from his ACL injury, I. I I'm fairly certain he's going to go back to the Rams. That would be the only thing that would keep Cooper Cup from getting that. It's not as good a value as the rushing yardage. So it's it's plus 350 to do it. I think the plus 900 is better.
1: So of all of these, that would be where I would lead. You know, it's interesting because I'm, I'm looking at this, and I, I, I pulled up the market as well. Any any player to break the record for most passing yards in the regular season, so any quarterback to do that is for a no is really only minus 350 and plus 250 for yes, which to me t- is there's just no value in that. Now, am I, am I correct when I say that? Because that feels like that's not a very good value bet. I agree with that. See, I'm learning. I'm getting it figured out. I'm I know where to put my money. I love that uh any player to break the record for most touchdowns scored the the no on that is uh minus 10,000. The the DraftKings does not believe that's going to happen. <laughs> no. It does not. And, and that the, makes total sense. Those are the those are the lines like especially it
2: seems like with college football you'll get these stupid ass bets where somebody is basically just pissing their money away where they put like 300,000 on something that's minus 500 and you're like why are you doing that? There's that's literally not- no point in it. You're making you're going no to like 5 it. bucks. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it is it is odd. And I, and that to me is that's when we start to get into that you are you betting with your head or are you betting with your heart? Uh are you Are you thinking about it in terms of a long term investment, making money on the deal, or are you just betting on the team that you like because you just love your team so much? And that's where becoming a fan can really cause problems for you as a sports better. And uh, I, I understand that, you know, again, and I'll just go back to saying it I know that we're talking about our favorite team and the types of bets that we might make, but I think the goal here for us is really to find value bets that we can feel good about going into the season and there are some player bets out there that i think are are going to be good bets so the record breakers market uh, to me is kind of interesting i think i probably would avoid it for the most part i don't see any real value in in putting any money in there but it is neat to look at right that's kind of sometimes you just go oh that's cool and then you move on and that's where i am with that although who knows i may change my mind later on i have no idea
2: it's a fun market, and that that's one of the things that we're talking about on this episode is looking at the bets that have some fun in them that m- they may be good value, but they're also fun and and Draftkings does that throughout the course of the season where they'll have weekly specials, weekly props that may be kind of like the yardage where they're probably not going to happen. but it's fun to contemplate and think about. And that's the whole point.
1: Absolutely. Uh, The other one that we talked about, and I kind of want to jump into it because we're talking about players. We're talking about fun bets to make. And I I sort of wanted to to bring this one up because we're talking about passing yards. The AFC West is a really interesting uh, division this year. It's the toughest division in the NFL. I think everybody agrees on that. Uh, That doesn't mean that the best teams are in the AFC West, but it's going to have the – most difficult competition and if you look through you find there's a the market for uh most passing uh most passing yards in the division right which quarterback's going to have the most passing yards in the division and at the top you have Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes and I think it was and I, I can't find it right now but I'm I'm pretty sure it was like um Justin Herbert was plus 150 or something like that uh Patrick Mahomes was just behind him, Derek Carr was a little bit behind uh A little bit behind Patrick Mahomes at plus 350, as I recall. I'm sure you're going to find it before I will, because I'm working with a phone and you're working with the computer. And then you have Russell Wilson, and I wrote it down. Russell Wilson is plus 900 to lead the division in passing yards. That is a massive jump from the guy who, let's just say, is in third place, according to the sports books at Derek Carr at plus 350, to Russell Wilson at plus 900. And I look at that, that right there. As a Bronco fan, I go. There's value there in that bet because I think it's a lot closer than the sports books do. Now, you you know, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, which I understand. But to me, that means that if I throw, if I throw, want to throw a little money on that, my return is going to be real nice. And I think that there's a better chance of that happening than the sports books do. I agree with that. I I actually think
2: that when it comes to Russell Wilson, I I've said this last week, I think there's the, the, to me, he's going to be the, the MVP and that's not my Broncos fandom coming out. That's looking at the value and looking at the potential that this team has. It's the same with that. They're going to air it out. This is an offense and a coach that just produced the back to back MVP. And this is an offense, while they may not have a Devontae Adams, the receiving core is deeper than what Aaron Rodgers had in Green Bay the last two years. And the Broncos are going to be able to run the football. And they have a defense. They're going to air it out. Russell Wilson, if he's not the best quarterback in football at the deep ball, he's one of them the best. There's very few who throw the deep ball better than Russell.
1: Yeah. I think Joe Mahoney has a chart somewhere out there that would tell us that I am. I'm fairly certain of it. And he probably just dropped it in slack randomly. He probably did The
2: So I, I think the plus 900 is great value. And I think that's something that you should absolutely, absolutely consider doing not from a Broncos fan perspective, but just from here's what we have. Here's what we know. This is what's the potential. And that's the whole point of this is the potential and the value.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think that that's really what we're going for. Um, there was another one that you had brought up to me before we started recording that I, I kind of was interested in, and it was the series correct score. And it, it it gives me an opportunity to bust out one of my favorite phrases in the off-season, pre uh, time frame, which is where we still are, and that is Chargers season, because the the correct score, the series correct score, is just how well your a team is going to do against the teams in their division. Right? That's mm-hmm. that's the bet. And um, I believe <laughs> it just cracks me up. The Broncos have a better chance, according to the sports books, of beating the Chiefs twice this year than they do of beating the Chargers twice this year because it is Chargers season, and it always is. Here we are, off-season Chargers season. I, I, it, the Broncos haven't beat the Chiefs since the Obama administration. That's true. Just, just going to put it out. Since the Obama administration, the Broncos have not beat the Chiefs. And they've beat the Chargers, I think, pretty much every year at least once. Even, even uh-huh. Drew Locke beat them a couple years ago. They lost to Teddy Bridgewater last year, the Chargers did, It's a weird sort of dynamic to say, well, they have a better chance of beating the the Chiefs twice than the Chargers twice. Do they?
2: So going 2-0 for the Chiefs, it's plus 370. Going 2-0 against the Chargers is plus 380. And then going 2-0 against the Raiders is 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 plus 350. No, that's, that's for the Raiders to beat the, the the Broncos twice. So
1: the Broncos to beat the Raiders twice is plus two ten. It's just, it's fascinating to me, the way that the rest of the NFL views the AFC West and, and that outside looking in perspective. I know that, uh, you know, as a, as a full-time teacher, I get my summers off. And so I spend a lot of time watching Rich Eisen uh, during the day. Cause I like Rich Eisen. I think he's got, you know, good takes on lots of things, but his, his NFL takes over the uh over the summer were bad. He was he was so in on the on the Raiders, and this is an indicator of how the how the sports world looks at the AFC West. There is this desire to hold the Raiders up as this, you know, they're gonna be amazing, they're gonna have a great season. I'm all in on the Raiders. They're not. Because because why? Because they got Devontae Adams and and Josh McDaniels. Everybody here in Broncos country knows what Josh McDaniels does to a team, and it isn't good. So to me, that is – that it's it's comical. It's like we forget about everything that's ever happened in the past, and we think adding one one wide receiver to this list is going to make that team better than the Chiefs or the Chargers or even the Broncos with a new quarterback. I don't get it. I just don't get it.
2: And I – This is non-betting related, which is fine because it's Broncos odds and in zones. That's right. The Raiders are overrated. They barely made the playoffs last year. And that's because Brandon Staley and the Chargers completely crapped down their leg in Las Vegas last year. The Chargers should have beaten that Raiders team handily, and they didn't. The Raiders suck. And that's my fandom. That's my Broncos fandom speaking. (laughs) I, I mean, they suck. Their defense sucks. Their secondary sucks. Their offensive line sucks. The Raiders are overrated. They are not going to contend in the AFC West this year. They're not going to be a team that even sniffs the playoffs this year. Derek Carr may have his buddy from Fresno State, but he doesn't have an offensive line to block him.
1: It's, yeah, it it is. It's just, it's one of those, I keep seeing it. I keep, I keep hearing it. It happens. I get it. You say things because, you know, the the Raiders are a, um, you know, one of the, one of those franchises that everybody wants to talk about. But, it doesn't make any sense. don't don't say things that don't make sense just to say things that doesn't that doesn't make you better. It actually makes me lose respect for you and, and that is one of those things that you, I sat there and listened to that all summer and just shook my head like, how is it that this is where you, a very smart football mind this is where you arrived? Did you get hit, kicked in the head by a horse? What happened? I, I just don't get it.
2: And I wonder how much of that is the Raiders being in Las Vegas? So they just really want the Raiders to be good given where they play. Sure. They they want they want them to have that Las Vegas Golden Knights effect. Like the first year they play, they're in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, how'd that work out? Now they're
1: garbage, and they're going to be that team that no one supports in Vegas. Yeah, but everybody goes there to watch their their team that they do like, that they do support, which is really what you're doing, which is what's going to happen with the Oakland A's when they get uh, get smart and move out of the Oakland Coliseum and they move to Las Vegas and become the Las Vegas A's. And I, I can't believe we've tangented this far, but it's the truth. I mean, the the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, everybody wants a team in Vegas because of the draw that Vegas is for not fans of the team that's in Vegas – but out-of-town fans that want to come and watch their favorite team play in a destination city. How many destination cities are there in the NFL? Uh, Well, it
2: used to be San Diego, and then Dean
1: Spanos decided that he's going to have
2: Stan Kroenke build him a stadium and move to L.A. where no one roots
1: for them. No one rooted for them in San Diego either, so it didn't really matter. Broncos fans did well. A lot of Broncos fans showed up in San Diego for sure, and they and they showed up in Los Angeles, and they will show up in Vegas. Uh, We know Broncos fans will travel for those things. But so do Steelers fans. I I know you know living in the Chicagoland area. Anytime the Bears go to Arizona, everybody leaves for Arizona because they all go down there for spring Cub spring training anyway. So they've
2: well, they're already there. Yeah, yeah, half of them are
1: already there, and sure, no, it's it's one of those. It's like it's like when the Red Sox and Yankees show up in Tampa Bay to play the Rays. Everybody is there to watch the Red Sox and Yankees, not not the Tampa Bay Rays.
2: Uh, did they get Aaron Rodgers approval
1: before they leave though? Because he owns the Bears. Well, he's their daddy. That's for sure. Um, they have they have a a blanket policy of, of they're allowed to follow their team around. That is true. But he does he does own them, and it is comical. <laughs> it is it's. One of the funner things about being out here is just mentioning Aaron Rodgers and walking away. Or the funnest one is to just say, you know, the, the 85 Bears were overrated and then just watch them, you know, try and, you know, just, just they destroy themselves trying to prove me wrong. Uh, eight, and usually what I hit them with is, you know, the 86 Bears defense was better. They just didn't win the Super Bowl because statistically they were. <laughs> Where, what are we talking? Where are we? All right, let's, let's... Back on track. Back on track. So there's an, there's another fun
2: market. It's under season specials, and it's under... See if I can find the market. You're talking about the team specials, right? Win streak. Winning streak. Yeah. Denver Broncos to start the regular season 5-0. and The yes is plus 600. Now, when you look at their schedule... There's actually some good value in this because
1: we both think they're going to start 5-0. and 0. I think that it is a distinct possibility, yes. Because they start they with, open. They open ahead. at the Seattle Seahawks. Yep, that's a win.
2: Host the Houston Texans. That's a win. Host the San Francisco 49ers. I think that's a win. I don't trust Trey Lance yet. Have their... Is it
1: 10th home game? When they travel to Vegas to play the Raiders. And, and I think that's a win. Cause I think that's a statement game for Russell Wilson and uh, Nathaniel Hackett and this offense to come out and prove and say, we are just as good as everybody else in this division. I think that's a, a very important game and I think they go and win it. And then Thursday night game against the Indianapolis Colts at home. I am not afraid of Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor makes me nervous, but I look at him as a, as a fantasy football player, somebody who uh, had the second pick in the draft in one draft and knew I wasn't going to get Jonathan Taylor. I was fine with that. He had an incredible season last year. I think he'll have a good season this year coming, coming into 2022, but I don't think it will be the same explosive year that he had the year before. I, I, I just don't see it. And to me, that just screams win for the Broncos. That's a five zero start. I think that bet does have good value. I think that's similar to the Russell Wilson plus nine hundred to lead the division in uh, passing yards. Correct. I agree with you. We now talked. we have a... go for it. Let's see. We talked about the division winners one. I wanted to I wanted to hit on that because I thought that was an interesting one as well. You found one that was uh, Bills, Titans, and Broncos as division winners. Another
2: fun market.
1: It's a, it's, this is you under can play the mixed
2: teams. It's under team specials. So it's mixed team specials. It's the Bills to win the AFC East, Titans to win the AFC South, Broncos to win the AFC West, plus
1: 1,300. I think the Bills are a lock. I, I can't think of a team in the AFC South that will that will really challenge the Titans this year. I know they they lost AJ Brown, they traded him away, but Derrick Henry is going to, as long as he stays healthy, have a sh- I think have a shot at at breaking the record for most rushing yards in a season because as, long of as that, Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw four picks, yes, that that is also a, a distinct possibility. But even then, you're still going to hand the ball to Derrick Henry as much as you can. So. I'm, I'm sure do, Ryan Tannehill will find a way to screw yeah, that up. He will. I, you know, try to try not to ruin this fun for me here. Um, I, what is Trevor Trevor Lawrence going to do? Nobody knows, right? The, nobody knows what's happening with them. Uh, Houston, they have a problem. Oh, it's a terrible joke, but we just get to keep using it. So, to me, the only wild card in that is the Broncos because of how tough the division is. The value's there for that bet. I think. I think the two Titans, Bills, that's a lock. They're going to win their divisions. Don't worry about it. Here I am guaranteeing things, which is probably a bad idea. There are no locks in betting. No such thing as a lock.
2: I'm just saying in my own mind, especially those who did spread bets last year, like myself, and got burned by multiple teams,
1: like the Chargers losing to the Texans, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. But I do think that that's that's a fun bet. That's one where you can find some value, as we've been saying. And so I do like that one. The other thing I wanted to, to touch on, and we, we kind of we spoke briefly about this, and it's the game line stuff. Because if you look at game lines, and we're getting closer to being able to preview the Broncos and Seahawks, we're still waiting on it a little bit, just because obviously the game is less than two weeks away, but we still got some time. But the game line has a number on it that you think is an important number to pay attention to. When you look at the spread line,
2: there are three numbers that you want to jump on because depending on what sharps do, and those are those are the betters who impact the book's decision to increase or decrease a line because the money coming in, they want to try to take away the money they're going to lose. They're trying to even it out. That's why they adjust the line the way they do. The Monday night game with the Seahawks right now sits at, at minus six and a half. There's potential for that line to jump up to seven over the next 12 days, depending on the sharp action that comes in on the Broncos. There are like so I mentioned there's three numbers: two and a half, six and a half, nine and a half. Now, if you really want to go crazy, the other one would be 13 and a half. But that's you a big could even do 12 you, you could do 12 and a half both of those are huge numbers if you you usually want to keep it under under 10 so that's why nine and a half you you keep it at nine and a half if they win by ten you win six and a half one by a touchdown you win two and a half one by a field goal you win those three numbers are the
1: are the three key lines if you bet the spread so it's nice to have some magic numbers there and the Broncos right now currently do sit at six and a half. As uh as six and a half point favorites over the Seahawks, so that might be something uh to to look at if you are thinking about betting that game and thinking about uh, betting the spread. As Ian has said here, that's that's the the number you want to be careful with, and so maybe you jump on that as quickly as possible. So
2: the other the other thing that that some people do is they do, parlays aren't just for props. You can do can you can do game parlays, which I've done a few of them. They're, they're a fun way to bet where you pick maybe three to four games, maybe three to five games and you mix in some spread, you mix in some money line. you want to do it when you have those those three key numbers when it's two and a half, six and a half, nine and a half because anything over that makes it more difficult and so if you if you thought about doing a, a week one uh, game parlay, that's the number that you want to jump on. So it's it makes it, it. It I will say parlays are riskier. Game parlays, while they are risky, they're fun. A, a, an additional fun way to watch the games, which is the whole point of betting. Judy was boring.
0: Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino dot com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa.